Welcome to Hallmark Up with Mary and Sarah. I'll be interested to see how we go on this one. There are so many fucking bingo things in this movie. I want there to die. There are so many bingo things in this movie. It's true. I stopped putting them under the bingo category because they were all more plot related than just a little side note. But there's way too many. Oh, yeah. Um, and I kind of stopped taking notes. But But let's get started and see how we go. This is unbelievably season four of Hallmarked Up with Mary and Sarah. Who'd have, who'd have thought we'd, we'd, we'd ever come this far? Exactly. We are, and we're back. And it is, of course, as per usual, not even Halloween. And the first collection of movies have already been out this weekend, to which we only committed ourselves to one, which I think is fair enough. I do think they're getting earlier for what it's worth, because I remember the first year we did this, Halloween weekend was when we were watching the preview episode in which CCB, you know, yes. who apparently is not on Hallmark R. anymore. R.I.P. CCB. <laughs> right. In which CCB presented the films that were going to come out. Uh, I like how I'm using the word film as if this is art house cinema. Presented the movies that were going to come out that season, but there were no actual releases yet. Now we've got an actual release the weekend before Halloween, two weekends before Halloween. Anyway, the one we picked to watch, though, and this is something we noted as we were watching it, and I, I remembered from last year as well, is actually pretty good. Like, I, I mean, think they roll let's it. Let's qualify that. <laughs> well, that's very true. I would not pay money to go see this movie in the cinema by any means. But, like, it's pretty decent for Hallmark. We'll, we'll get into it. We, we picked a movie called... We wish you a married Christmas, starring Christopher Pla and Mary Soul Nichols. So naturally, when we were looking at our choices for movies to watch this first weekend, Sarah told me this one has Palaha, and I said, "Okay, then we're doing that one." And there was no discussion about it. He was in the latest chapter of Jurassic Park, which I didn't see. Oh, actually, I didn't either. Because I have not had time to go to a movie theater. I, for those of you unaware, I had a baby. Yay, so I have not had time to go to a movie theater for most of this calendar year. However, I am a huge Jurassic Park fan. And now that I know Palaha's in it, I'll definitely have to make a point of watching it, even though everyone said it's awful. I don't think it's like life-changing role for Palaha, but I, I could be wrong. I, I don't know how, how heavily he features, but I do know that he was in it. So um, anyway, check that out for sure. So yes, I think we're going to see a new collection of Hallmark women this year because a lot of women have jumped ship to go over to the GAC, which I think good riddance to them. All right. <laughs> GAC is a little bit more on the conservative side. We will not be watching any of their... More conservative than ever. Hallmark. Correct. Hallmark, the scion of progressive values. That's right. That's right. You know? But yeah, I would say, Mary, you usually tell the retell of how the movie goes. So I've got some notes too. So see how you go. Let's hear about We Wish You a Married Christmas. Well, the first thing I'll note about this movie is that our heroes, Robbie and Rebecca, are already married which is not typical for Hallmark, of course. Correct. So, you know, that's a nice departure. But anyways, it's not going well because otherwise we wouldn't have a movie. So their marriage is on the rocks and the reason appears to be a kitchen remodeling, which to be fair, 
That was kind of a funny scene at the beginning when they're fighting over their kitchen remodeling. It was. Well, and I would say that a marriage on the rocks is also very unhallmark. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, of course, it's going to get saved. But you're right. The idea that anyone has marital troubles is not something Hallmark likes to acknowledge. They have a marriage coach. Now, I don't want to split hairs here, but I initially wrote down couples counselor until later I heard them use the word marriage coach, at which point I was like, what the fuck's a marriage coach? Come on. I would agree. That was a bit of a misnomer. Nobody calls it that. I think that they probably did because no responsible couples counselor would just be essentially like working as advertising agency for her friends in in Vermont, which is what we quickly find out is happening. So our marriage coach suggests that what Robbie and Rebecca need, and this is the last ditch attempt to save their marriage, it's so on the rocks, this is the only thing that could possibly change it. She really phrases it as if this is, you know, your last chance is a getaway to the town of Gracious, Vermont, population 513. And so, you know, she books them a trip to Gracious to stay at this adorable little inn run by a stereotypical couple of gay men. So this is the part about Hallmark being, you know, mm. marginally more progressive. Oh, yes. So our, our gay couple, yes. They, I thought that it was a very good concept. I thought they were a little bit caricature gay men. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. We'll take it. We'll take what we can get from Hallmark, but we should, they could probably do better. Yeah, correct. But anyways. Good effort. Um, so they go to this inn, they check in, and the first thing we find out is that Becca has booked a two-bedroom suite, which I think is hilarious because they play it off as this sort of like point of contention between them where he's like, two bedrooms, seriously? And she's like, oh yeah, I thought we could use our space, whatever. Meanwhile, like I'm sitting here laughing because this is so hallmark that not even married people can share a fucking share bed. bed. Exactly. Well, and to be fair, they also brought their dog. So why wouldn't you say the other room was for your dog? Sarah, I know you just got a dog, but like who gets a bedroom for their dog? <laughs> I don't know. Weird hallmark people, maybe. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So anyways, basically this entire movie could be summed up by saying they keep deciding that this last ditch effort to save their marriage is not working and they're going to call it quits and leave gracious and then something happens to keep them there. So the first time that happens is the very night they check in. They have dinner the very first night or should I say afternoon because it's like 4.30 and this is a thing that they ask for a dinner reservation. He's like, oh yes, if you want to eat tonight, it's 4.45. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? And they're like, yeah. But he doesn't say, are you fucking kidding me? Because it's Hallmark. Of course not. So over dinner that first night, they decide that they are going to leave Gracious and begin a separation. But the next morning they get up and they find that a Christmas ornament hanging on a tree that had been hanging on a tree very ominously the night before above where they parked has of course impaled their windshield. So they call the one, you know, mechanic in town who can do windshield repair, who tells them it will be at least a week. And so they're going to have to stay through Christmas. That and is like a very typical Hallmark thing. Something has happened to their car is always very typical. And Cindy, the mechanic, and by the way, rentals are never an option in Hallmark. There's always something happens to the car and well, I guess we're just stuck in this Id idyllic place together. There's never the option of like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to call in a rental or like, okay, I'm going to AAA this shit. Like, no, just. No, just we got to stay in a hotel that we don't want to stay in. And yep. we're going to do it. A very romantic in a, in, a, in a crazy Christmas town. In a crazy Christmas town, yeah. It's going to be adorable and great. And So there's seems to be only one mechanic in town. Her name is Cindy. And she she shows up everywhere. And it's kind of like a running gag throughout the movie, which was like kind of funny where they're like, oh, she's everywhere. Like, all right. Like for Hallmark, it's funny. But yeah, she's clearly in on yeah, the whole That's racket. a good effort. 
Yeah, and a racket it is, as we will discover throughout the movie. Yeah, the the marriage coach, the gay couple, and Cindy the mechanic are all definitely in on this racket to just send people to Vermont and fix their marriages. Anyways, so that night, and this is another thing that never happens on Hallmark, Robbie and Rebecca get drunk. Oh my god, that was amazing. I was so excited about them being drunk. I can't even tell you. And it was so unhallmark that I actually, I can't tell if they were just acting drunk poorly or if I was just so not expecting them to be drunk that I kept rationalizing their behavior in other ways other than that they were drunk when they were obviously supposed to be drunk. I could understand that. I bet there's not even like brandy in their eggnog on Hallmark. Like nobody drinks anything. No, they don't have wine on Hallmark. Even so when we did a- talk about somebody was spiking the hot cocoa or something in one movie last year. Oh, right. Somebody's parents were. But I did also notice that, like, even Hallmark has Hallmark Channel wines now. Like, we can oh, yeah. put wine in the movie. It's fine. We so, need and, to and they do. So they get drunk. And while drunk, Palaha, excuse me, Robbie, uh, somehow agrees to help in the gay couple and bartender and pet portraitist scheme to bake <laughs> 200 pies there's a pet portraitist it's a long story and they're baking 200 pies for a village christmas event i don't know there are only 500 people in this town they're baking 200 pies make it make sense i don't know well they obviously love pie in this town and apparently they wake up in the morning discover that they were so drunk that they don't remember volunteering to this and that's another thing like it's a very convenient plot point to wake up in the morning and have been drunk enough that you don't remember what you did the night before I don't think what people never talk about is that requires being extremely drunk. Extremely drunk. I mean, that's a big deal for Hallmark. And they come right, out that's... of their be- their like dual bedrooms with their hands on their forehead and they're like, oh my God, what did we do last night? Which is like the start of the hangover. Right. It's like Hallmark the hangover. <laughs> that's right. That, there we go. It doesn't carry on for very long. That's true. That, that's true. Yeah. So apparently they volunteered to do the ingredient roundup for this massive pie bake and they're doing it together. The first stop at the ingredient roundup is the pet portraiture studio where the lady who's running it is the one giving them the pie tins. And I just wrote in my notes, how can this town possibly support a pet portraiture studio? Anyways, it's Hallmark. <laughs> this is a constant theme in Hallmark is small towns that are improbably able to support the most niche of small businesses. We've talked about this many of times that we didn't even know these jobs kind of existed until they were featured on Hallmark. So anyways, the people at the inn next rope them into caroling in costume. And then there is a stocking decorating contest. And the stocking decorating contest is when they start the first of their apologies to each other. There are like three different points in this movie where they start apologizing to each other for everything that's gone wrong in their marriage. So they're piecing it back together bit by bit. Next, they decide to go get a tree. They end up with sad little Charlie Brown trees. It's kind of unclear why. Anyways, the hot bartender. Oh, yes. Hot bartender. Oh, there's a hot bartender. How could I fail to notice that there's a hot to mention before there's a hot bartender and he's got a thing for the pet portraitist. Yes. And weirdly, when they were caroling, I think I thought they were already a couple. And maybe I just missed that they weren't already a couple. I, I texted Mary and was like, when did they meet this other couple? But they it was were just not Hallmark's strongest subplot, which is saying something because they're usually pretty good at the other couple. I mean, again, good at is relative. That's right. For them, you know, usually it's very clear that they kind of like, I don't know. I, I, maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention, but I was like, oh, 
who's that other couple that's staying with them in the hotel? And then that turned out to be the bartender and the pet portraiture. So anyways, so we, you know, momentarily interrupt our long stretch of improbably adorable holiday activities that they get roped into to find Rebecca one night talking to the bartender about the kitchen remodeling thing oh yeah and so it's something about Robbie had to take a call he's off dealing with the kitchen remodeling thing the bartender says where's Robbie he's dealing with the kitchen thing she says oh you know it's his thing to which hot bartender so responds I, I'm quoting this I wrote this verbatim the kitchen is the heart of the home shouldn't that make it both of your thing oh puke I'd miss that one it was yeah I mean hot bartender come on like I'll forgive it only because it's you but come on they then get locked into, and when I say they, I mean Robbie and Rebecca, obviously, they get locked into some kind of decoration storage room and apologize to each other some more. They end I wasn't up doing... sure how that happened, actually. I wrote down, how did they get locked in? I don't know. I didn't even know where they were. But... Yeah, I, I w- it was unclear to me as well. At some point, they end up doing an alpaca gram because, like you do. That then... also was weird, but anyway. I was that was the, the most okay part for me actually was the alpaca gram. Oh, whatever. you did forget though that the reason they did the alpaca gram is because are both of their parents on a trip together? Yes, one... they were supposed to be on as well, and they didn't go on because the kitchen remodeling thing was keeping them home, but clearly not keeping them at home because now they're in Vermont, so it's all very unclear. Right, right, right. Okay. So they send alpaca gram to both of their parents. Next, Robbie asks Rebecca on a quote-unquote date, which. Okay, fine. As if all the things they've been doing until, okay, whatever. And there's, you know, a montage of both of them nervously getting ready and, you know, getting dressed and she's doing her makeup and he's putting on a semi-ugly sweater. But they accidentally, instead of going on a date, end up at the inn's ugly sweater party and they end up bartending because we find out hot bartender, you know, offers to make someone a drink and they're like, oh no, no, tonight's the party. It's your night off. You shouldn't be making the drink. And Rebecca's like, I'll make the drink. And then Robbie's like, oh yeah, she knows how to make a good drink because we met bartending together in college. So they end up bartending together. And there is a montage. There's a bartending montage. There's a bartending montage. In a Hallmark movie. In a Hallmark movie. But in in true Hallmark fashion, it is set to an electric guitar rendition of We Wish You a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Because that's Hallmark being like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Look how cool we are. That's right. We're so cool. We're having them play it on electric guitar while they make drinks with And they're like shaking things and adding like little snowman cookies to the drink. Where where they got those from, I don't know. Like suddenly it's like a whole Christmas bartending thing that they just have the party. The party has now begun, obviously, with their amazing. The party has now begun because We Wish You a Merry Christmas is being played on an electric guitar. That's right. During a bartending montage. Anyways, and then after that, there's mistletoe and they have to kiss. Yeah. Uh, um, traditional thing you're supposed to kiss on there, I'm sure. After that, they end up at a hol- a holiday parade um, that they're okay. really stoked for. And their dog is in the parade for some reason. It's very unclear to me why. And it turns out that the parade is only like three cars and one float. And then they're like, oh, that's it. And I was kind of cheering because that was the most realistic small town event in Hallmark history. Yeah, usually it'll be like this town of 500 people puts on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Correct. And, and this was really, really high expectations. This was really refreshingly like overhyped. And then it's like three vehicles and everybody goes home. 
And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's that looks about right. <laughs> town of 900 should only have that. Sorry, town of 500. Oh, 500, of course. 513. Oh, it's big time. Whoops. Yeah. After that, they take a walk. There are more apologies. And then there is a surprisingly steamy kiss for Hallmark. Oh my God, yes. I think totally driven by Palaha's like creative discussions, I would say. He is he needs to Hallmark's be taken best a bit actor. More serious. And it's not close. Yeah, Hallmark's best actor and it's not close. And, and I'm really glad he stuck with them and he didn't go to Gek. To be fair, the women are the ones bailing for the most part. The men aren't really doing it, so... That's good. I did note at the time of the long steamy kiss that there were still 30 minutes of movie left because I oh, was kind of like, true. all right, we're like, hasn't oh, this marriage done. already been fixed like three times already? And now we at still have 30, 30 minutes of movie left. Not only that, but in the very next scene, we find out that their car is ready earlier than expected. And it shows up in front of the inn, all fixed with a big bow on it because it's Hallmark. And they're so they disappointed a bit. They're disappointed. So they decide to stay anyways. And next thing you know, they're at the Christmas market, which is the event for which the 200 pies were made. Because again, 200 pies, town of whatever. At which point something also kind of unhallmarky happens, except I think the only reason it happens is because they had to fill another 20 minutes of movie at this point when they had already essentially, you know, fixed their marriage. Rebecca acknowledges that vacation is not real life. And that the fact that they are happy and good together on vacation might not mean that their marriage is suddenly healed. But rather than taking that as a moment to sit down and say, like, what steps can we take in real life? What she does instead, instead is decides to call the whole thing off as if this thought has never occurred to her before that, like, things are better on vacation. So she's basically like, you know, I, I guess because we're on vacation now, our marriage is doomed. Yeah, and it's not a real-life situation anymore, I guess. Maybe? I don't know. At which point, the next note I have is about hot bartender and pet portraitist. And they oh. kind of awkwardly ask each other out, and it's kind of cute. Yeah, and that's true. It was. I would it, agree. It was, yeah, like, it's not Hallmark's strongest second couple subplot, but it's not their weakest either. Then we've got Robbie and Rebecca, you know, about to leave Vermont again. This is, like, the third time they've been about to leave, Right. And they give each other a speech about how, you know, he says something to her about how the reason that they're so great on vacation is because on vacation, they make time for each other. And so they just need to make time for each other in real life. And he's committed to her and like he has never stopped caring and she has never stopped caring and they love each other. And there's another pretty steamy kiss. Yeah. Good. And, Go Palaha. Yeah. And that's and, about it. Well, no, I have one more note here. They go and check back in. And when they check back in, um, mm. you know, the, the couple welcomes them back. And then they ask How if could they I want one it? key or two. And Rebecca says, just one, as if like, this is really like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But for all we know, it's still the two bedroom suite. There's just only one key now. That's right. That's very so true. So again, with how not even the marrieds get the share of fucking bed and Hallmark. That's true. And don't forget about the couple that came in to the end. Oh. Yes, that's right. And as they're checking back in, they see another couple going out and finding the ornament through their windshield. So clearly this is a big racket. Clearly the marriage coach is sending all kinds of couples here, which is actually something that's mentioned at some point. I forget who mentions it. Somebody is like, oh, you know. They told the gay couple that their friend sent them there. Oh, right. And, and they so eventually point, reveal that, oh, we know who that friend, you know, we know right. it's, you know, Counselor Jane or whatever the fuck her name was. Oh. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's a reason that What's-Her-Face sends people here. 
and Rebecca's like, she always sends people here. He's like, oh yeah, like he's not even hiding them. It's a total racket. No, he's like, no, we we know why you're here. It's fine. Don't stop pretending that everything's fine. So that pretty much wraps up. We wish you a merry Christmas. That's a good bingo. Congratulations. Let's uh, get into our typical little segment here, starting off with bingo, which I previously mentioned is almost like uh, super hard to decide what the best bingo moment would be, I would say. Because, yeah, you know, it's interesting that we did say that this was a better than average Hallmark movie because looked at as, you know, looked at structurally as a unit, it's still awful. Like it was still just oh, like yeah. a collage of bingo moments, no plot to speak of. Um, you I, know. I think we have to give credit to Palaha here. He but definitely think, yeah. makes the movies much more interesting to watch. He yes. is actually good in them. And, you know, three, 400%. He doesn't have a lot to work with. So, you know, I think that he gets a ton of credit here. I mean, I, We'll definitely find out when his like movie about the Christmas, the um the Christmas Carol is on again because I really liked that one last year, a Dickens right. Christmas or whatever it is because he was great in that. Yeah, I mean, totally. You know, it's not. It's still extremely a Hallmark movie, and it's still not a good movie, and there's still nothing to its structure to keep you entertained, and he clearly had no script to speak of, to work with. But just like your average scene, you know, you take your average scene out of most Hallmark movies and it ends up being so painful just watching these awful actors recite this awful dialogue. And in this case, there's a halfway decent actor, you know, reciting the awful dialogue and it makes it less awful. It does. It does. I just want to start reading off some of the things I wrote. So we would have got bingo definitely halfway through this movie and we could have turned it off. But, you know, we should also talk, we did talk a little bit about how there were things in this movie that are not typical, but I have the car broke down, the Carrollton costumes, there's hot chocolate in the gazebo, they decorated Christmas stockings, they went to a Christmas tree farm, and that's probably only like half, they baked, there was a baking class, Uh they were baking pies, like, there was a scavenger hunt. A scavenger hunt. technically a scavenger hunt, but it was an ingredient roundup for the pies. A Christmas parade the festival thing the or tree lighting or whatever we would call it like yep. i mean this had so many things but um i think i'm probably gonna put this this pisses me off a lot in hallmark caroling in costume because no one really does that except at the dickin festival in narberth in pennsylvania <laughs> correct but, but otherwise no one for one nobody christmas carols really unless you're like in a church choir and you're at the church i, no I feel like that. i see christmas carolers once a year Oh, really? I don't think I ever have. But then they definitely don't wear costume. And I think this is like a British thing that they do, but never really caught on that well in the U.S. And But for some reason, everybody wears Dickens-ish costumes to Carol in Calmar Christmas movies. So I'm picking that as my bingo moment. What about you, Mary? What was your favorite of that ridiculous list of items? Well, I think I'm essentially proposing an addition to the bingo card because this isn't one we've discussed before, but it is something that Hallmark does a lot and we don't talk about it as often as we should. And that is a really awful montage. Oh, yes, for sure. Just like a really 11 out of 10 cringeworthy montage. Yeah, well, they definitely had that. And are you calling the 
bartender one oh the yeah montage yeah oh yeah that was just like the cocktail making ridiculousness I think what put it over the top for me was the we wish you a merry Christmas on the electric guitar while they were doing it just to show that they're cool and hip it, it was almost like Hallmark's version of like Tom Cruise and cocktail kind of thing I totally agree the the montage was not great we could add it to the because there's always like a let's throw powdered sugar on ourselves and a baking scene montage yes, there's it's like usually a, a baking montage there's a, or a getting like dressed montage maybe uh, like yeah. trying on a bunch of dresses for something yeah yep. you know, there's there's probably a few different ones we should watch out for that one um this year different montages I like that <laughs> Hashtag relatable with Hallmark Top. What about hashtag relatable? I actually have a few possibilities for this one because there are at least three different ways in which Becca is my, you know, like my, you know, Hallmark soul sister I don't know what the word you know, all right okay my my hallmark double however we're gonna say that so one of them is I love her pajamas oh yeah she did have good pajamas I would agree with that she wears like plaid button-up pajamas and I actually do have a set of plaid button-up pajamas they're a little bit too short for me I should probably get new ones but it's you know nothing makes you feel merry like plaid button-up pajamas plaid button-up pajamas correct <laughs> I like that I like that the second thing is that she wears said plaid button-up pajamas like into the hotel lobby. Just like, yes, I am wearing pajamas into the hotel lobby. Into the lobby. Deal with it. I've definitely done this before. And my husband will be like, wait, you're not going downstairs. And I'll be like, oh, yes. Oh, yes, I'm going downstairs. And I'm just like, you know what? I got great pajamas. Who cares? That's good. I like it. The third thing is she's always in her plaid button-up pajamas going down to the hotel lobby and asking to borrow a book because they have one of those cute little like lending libraries in the inn. And I would definitely use a cute little lending library in a cute little, well, okay. Truth be told, I probably would have brought enough books that I wouldn't need one. However, if I ended up there longer than expected, say because an ornament fell in my car, I would definitely make use of the lending library. That's true, you would, that's good. I struggled a little bit with this one in terms of relatability. And in fact, my notes say they have a dog in their room. <laughs> <laughs> And then the other thing was they have a therapist. <laughs> All right. Like I was like, okay, well, those are two things that are kind of real. I mean, to be fair, thinking about this a bit bigger now that we've talked about it, like getting drunk was kind of cool, you know, like um, <laughs> that was also kind of fun. So yeah, staying in an inn with two gay men that run it, like that's kind of cool as well. So, you know, there are some definite different things in here than usual. So that's good all right so that takes us back to our regularly scheduled red pen rewind and rewrite which is where we like to go back to in this movie where we think they got it wrong and we tell how we think they could do it better from our point of view this one as we said has some fun things that were good but we still think it could be better and i also feel that this came up last time we did a Palaha movie that really where they get it wrong in a Palaha movie is not having him play every role. 
Correct. And, you know, I mean, one of these days we're going to have to try and speak to Plaha about doing his one man show of something. We can help him write it or whatever he needs. He needs to be all movie, all Hallmark, all the time. So I was very intrigued by the alpacagram in particular. Very, so we very did mention much so. that one of the many things on their cute and fun holiday activities they end up doing together is sending an alpacagram to their parents, which Palaha ends up voicing the alpacas. I don't think I was aware of what an alpacagram is before this, but apparently it's just a little video of alpacas in which somebody does the voice and makes them talk. What if this entire movie were that alpacagram? I think it sounds absolutely brilliant. Where would we go back to, Mary, to start off our alpacagram movie? I think we go back to them arguing in the marriage counselor's office, because honestly, that was the best scene, because it was kind of funny. It, it was, true. And it was about stupid things in the kitchen and whatever. And, and they're talking over each other and all that. So I think maybe they get in a fight and, I don't know, somehow someone trips and falls and hits their head and they woke up in a spirally dream about these alpacas that live in the gracious inn or wherever they were i think the alpacas really should pick up where they left off though and they should be in the marriage counselor office in the marriage counselor's office arguing over the kitchen another alternative though what if the alpacas are instead of the alpacas being them what if the alpacas are just commenting on the whole movie Oh my god, sort of like Mystery Science Theater or something. Yeah, exactly. Like Palaha voicing two alpacas that just like give a running commentary on the whole movie. Uh that is genius. And they or they're just or they're like, what are those Muppet guys that just like sit in the <laughs> box and Yes, the Muppet gay couple. What are they called? Statler and Waldorf. Yes, Statler and Waldorf. So they're just like two alpacas that are like, come on, guys, you're sucking at baking. Go buy the ingredients, blah, blah, blah. Yes. yes, and they'll just like make fun of them and there'll be like the electric guitar bartending montage and they'll be like, seriously, an electric guitar bartending montage. And then, is you know- Is Palaha voicing both of them or is one, yes. is the woman gonna voice one or what? No, Palaha's voicing both alpacas. I feel this is very important. Okay, so he has to do a girl voice or they're just two men alpacas. I, Are know, they related gonna... to the characters at all or no? I'm going to leave this to Palaha's creative discretion. Right. He's definitely going to comment on the steamy kisses because I think that he'll have to give take some credit for that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I think the alpacas will also be, yeah, the alpacas will definitely be commenting on the steamy kisses. And the alpacas will be commenting on their, you know, high points and low points in their marriage and the plausibility of, the necessity of 200 pies in a town right. of 513 people. So um, essentially they're just us. I mean, maybe, except better. <laughs> but better, because they'll be done by Plaha. Right. Oh my goodness. That sounds amazing. So what what would be what would be the like key takeaways for these two voiced alpacas? Like what or three takeaways? Like what are their big key moments that change the storyline, do you think? Or or add to it even more. So well, for one thing, I think at one point the alpacas probably need to wear clothes. So is that going to be a caroling costume or is that going to be plaid Christmas PJs? I don't know. I think Palaha can be the judge of that. So that's one takeaway. The second one is I kind of want an alpaca to wolf whistle the hot bartender. So there's that. And the third one is should there maybe be a song and dance? 
an alpaca song and dance. I mean, I can't see this movie truly living up to its full potential without that. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Can they also drink hot chocolate? I don't know if alpacas can actually drink hot chocolate. Probably not, but we can have them pretend that they're drinking hot chocolate. And Well, that, that maybe is like what they have throughout the movie. It's just like, oh yeah. it's just like two alpacas and there's hot chocolate mugs on either side of them. Yeah. Just for fun. So how do, do our alpacas resolve the marriage problems or how does this all come, how does it come to a head at the end? Well, that's a good question because it kind of feels like they should be integral to the denouement. And so let's have the alpacas at some point whisper into both of their ears, you Ooh. know, the secret of how to Woo her make it back. better. And, and both of know. them, when this happens, are like, am I losing my fucking mind? And they're like, yeah, you are, but it's okay. But it's um, alpacas to the rescue. Alpacas to the rescue. So at some point he's like, you know, what alpaca says to Palaha, like, you just need to tell her that the reason you're so good on vacation is because you make time to each other for each other and you'll make time for each other in real life. And then another alpaca in the meantime is saying to Becca, I don't know, she like has to stick up for herself in the kitchen thing or something. Wasn't it something like that? Like she's like, I do I care, know. I do care about the kitchen. I just thought it was your thing. Oh, yeah, it wasn't even sticking up for herself then. It was more like the kitchen is the heart of the home, bartender, man. There we go. There we go. Another another alpaca is going to whisper in Becca's ear that the kitchen is the heart of the home and she needs to show that she cares about it. Then they'll have, after that, I think the more artificial the, the following dialogue is, the better. And so it'll be Palaha and he'll literally blurt out like, I'll make time for you in real life too. And she'll blurt out, and the kitchen is the heart of the home. And then they'll have a steamy kiss and like the end. Yes, perfect. Yeah, I think that is really good. I like our sort of Statler and Waldorf-y moments of the, of the things and with these fun, fun alpacas. I like it. I, I mean, this movie- They've got a comment on the new couple coming in. I like that idea too. You know, the, the, should, yeah. the alpacas have to be like, here we go again, Stadler, or whatever. I think they should also, they can also integrate the hot bartender and pet portraitist more by, you know, they'd be great in that relationship. Oh, that's true. They could definitely infiltrate that one. I agree. The alpacas would be perfect there because the pet portraitist, I mean. Oh, he's, right. He's painting alpacas. And, the, and at the end, we see a lovely painting of the two alpacas. And that's the end. Yes. And at the end, we see a lovely painting of the two alpacas. And maybe the alpacas then painting pet portraitist and the bartender. Oh my god! And they have like cute little uh, berets on. Yes. <laughs> and there's like a a paint palette and and you know everything. I love it. That's amazing. What are the names of the alpacas? Did we ever learn that in the movie, or what are our alpacas called? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that depends on you know the gender of the alpacas, and you know I'm. I don't have strong feelings about their names. Maybe, but maybe they should be punny. Maybe it should be like, I don't know. Just help me come up with a pun that has to do with Christmas and alpacas. I know. Well, we always think of Holly and Ivy, but you know that we've already kind of. Wooly and Ivy. Yeah. Wooly and Ivy. Yes. Yes. There we go. That's good. I like it. The alpacas are Wooly and Ivy. There we go. Wooly and Ivy. Love it. That's great. All right. Well, let's see. So for next week, let's look at some of the movies that we have happening. I don't know if we picked one or not. Yeah, we're watching the one with the Cozy Christmas Inn. The Cozy Christmas Inn. What do we think a Cozy Christmas Inn is about before we go? It basically sounds like the exact movie we just watched. Well, correct. Is this 
is this is this in from a gay couple number two yeah it must be and there must be you know another maybe maybe the power goes out and they have to light all the fireplaces and that's why it's cozy like i'm trying to figure out what what makes this the different than any other fucking christmas inn in hallmark sarah i think deep in your heart you know the answer to that and it's absolutely nothing oh but there's one thing we can guarantee oh there is they will fall in love love. yeah all right well we'll see you guys next week for a cozy christmas in and in the meantime you know don't mix up your hot chocolate for your k-cats when the halloween kids come knocking because you know apparently it's christmas season (laughs) we'll see you next week bye see you next week bye thank you for listening to hallmark top Find us online at hallmarkduck.com, on Instagram at hallmarkduck, and on Facebook at hallmarkduck with Mary and Sarah. Remember to follow, listen, and review wherever you get your podcasts.